Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Douglas Mellard Esquire, how do you do? Well, hello, Doug Benson the <laughs> third. <laughs> oh man, Esquire! I used to. That's a fun one. I just add to your name because I. Is anybody ever really officially Esquire? I, uh, Bill S. Ted, what is it? Bill, Bill, yeah, Bill and Ted. Yeah, Bill and <laughs> Ted. They're, when I know. Always, they're always throwing it around. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> a more of a royalty thing or something, maybe. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, our distinguished guest today is a comedian and actor you might know from various TV shows and movies I'm not going to mention because we're striking against them currently. But his name, I can say, it's Guy Branham. Yeah. I'm very curious to talk about the word guy as a name. Yeah, right? Uh, it's Monday, okay. September 18th, and we're recording this episode a few days early because we got a busy-ass week. I'm coming to Austin, Texas for a fantastic fest. And uh, what what are you doing this week, Doug? I'm going to Dan Cummins' Bad Magic Summer Camp for adults. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Of course, yeah. yeah why wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then, and then I'm, so I'm going to be in Austin this week, but I'm not doing any shows. I'm just at Fantastic Fest, enjoying the festival, and then, oh, nice. yeah, and then I'm coming back in October and doing two shows at Cap City, one of which you will be on, which is a stand-up show on October twenty fourth. Fourth, so that means I'm doing Douglas movies on October twenty fifth, and like I said, it's at uh, Cap City at the Domain. But anyway. No more ado. Let's get to our guest. And he's a really good guy. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to work. Hello, Guy Branham. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be so surrounded by Dugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a pretty intimidating Dugs if you feel surrounded by just two of us. <laughs> I, I had I had a glorious re uh, like revelation about Dugs last night. Ooh, I, it's not big. Uh, like I feel like I shouldn't start off the show with it, but at some point in time, ask me for my revelation about Dugs. 
<laughs> okay, let me write that down because there's no way I'm gonna remember to ask. Should I do it? Should it be right towards the end? I mean, it's wherever. It's just it's not that good. No one's gonna be that interested <laughs> in it, and I can't open up with it. <laughs> uh, let's build it. Um, well, I will say this uh, to start things off. Guy, you have been an ongoing uh, champion on Doug Loves Movies, and in the most recent episode, which I assume not everyone's heard yet, we won't say how that one turned out, but uh, since you've been coming back episode after episode, during the part where I ask everybody to recommend a movie, you've been very uh, into recommending different works by uh, actress, director, writer, Sarah Pauly. Yes. And... um, why did I bring that up? <laughs> like I had all that all that stuff to say before getting to my point. And I was like, oh, I got it. I got it. It's back. Um, you were talking in the most recent show. We uh, got on the subject of the movie Go that she is in. Yeah. And I think she's terrific in that movie. And uh, do you know the name of the director of that movie? Doug Lemon. Yeah, it's a Doug. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it is a Doug. Um, Steve, that's why we all we all didn't know where the hell I was going with that. <laughs> um, and it was written by John August, who is who is busy fighting the fight for the the WGA. He's one of our brave leaders. Well, that was the next thing I was going to ask you about, and that, it's a really good screenplay. Like I could see, you know, uh, how it got produced and. Doug Lyman was a hot director coming off of uh, Swingers, I think. And, um, but he's made, you know, for a Doug, he's uh, made some pretty cool movies. He, you know, he made uh, Edge of Tomorrow and, uh, uh, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I didn't realize he made Edge of Tomorrow. It was one of those, Edge of Tomorrow, like, completely went past me. And when I finally watched it streaming, I was like, what a, what a tight drum of a conceit. Like, there are sometimes, <laughs> like, with, with Inception, where, like, it, this movie is very full of itself and it's not a good movie. Um, and, like, Edge of Tomorrow was, like, just the... I have this nasty belief that straight guys love movies that are mousetraps, like, that are just, like, complex mousetraps because you guys um, have no conflict in your lives. Um, and, uh, like, Edge of Tomorrow was, like, just the right amount of mousetrap for my taste. That's, like, it's true. That's why uh, escape rooms are so popular with <laughs> Young white affluent people. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, uh, yeah, it's a that movie really is uh, it constructed so well. And then uh, I forget everybody that was in it, but I just remember the supporting actors really doing so much heavy lifting. Like I know Tom Paxton was in it, uh, oh. the late great Tom Paxton, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, and then who was the other, like, sort of a major role in it? Uh, another oh, character, actor, maybe. Um, but anyway, they had to, like, like in the case of Tom Paxson, they had to keep repeating the exact Tom Cruise's day over and over again, just with these slight variations. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's it, wonderful to watch that kind of, like, to see good actors do something like that is always such a pleasure. Yeah, it's really good. And his name's Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going, Tom Paxton, and who else? And I'm like, okay, Grandpa, you don't need to talk Tom about Blunt. movies. <laughs> yeah. Doug, may I pitch you um, a possible special episode for um, Doug Loves Movies? Oh, sure. 
uh, sometime sometime in the spring in award show season um i think you should do a i can say it, you can't oops all fags episode i think you should have me and do you know who louis vertel is yes like get me and louis vertel there's this guy at chris Schleicher. there are other options but just like gay guys who know too much about awards movies and actresses and just you know like Doug Loves Movies is a beautiful domain for the Posehns who have seen every action film. But to just have one episode that is oops all fags. Did you see did you see Brian just shaking his head the other day when they when in every every round of that game rent came up? <laughs> it, it's beautiful uh, to watch one of the great struggle, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. <laughs> Um, but yes, okay, that's a great idea. But you know, make sure you remind me about it uh, closer to uh, award season, which award season may be uh, going moving away. They already moved the Emmys from September to January, and um, who knows what's going to happen to the Oscars with this damn strike? Um, go ahead. Oh, just midsummer Oscars. Suddenly it's the VMAs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the VMAs want to be the Oscars. That thing was four and a half hours long the other night. It was insane. And so full of people I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. It's really like kind of, you could just sort of sit down and just in those few hours, find out how who all the current uh, pop stars are uh, that you just wouldn't know about if you didn't watch that shit. Um, so the strikes though, uh, with regards to that, uh, there's been a development since you and I last talked, and that's that uh, these talk show hosts, people who were intending to go on with the idea of we're doing it without writers, uh, are all starting to buckle, and the shows are all starting to, uh, uh, you know, sh- shut down and, and not go ahead. I'm so surprised and proud because, you know, like 15 years ago or 17 years ago, whenever it happened last time, um, all of the late night hosts came back, quote unquote, without writers. But of course, they had they were paying writers under the table and had jokes. Um, and I think so many people in talk thought that they could just do that. But I'm also just kind of surprised because, like, like it makes me feel strong as labor that we managed to like get them to to back down and show solidarity. But stuns that Bill Martin. Like, I just feel like. Bill Ma- I'm so surprised that Bill Maher was cooperative with anyone uh, who, <laughs> you know, um, isn't a, a blonde Republican consultant. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's but it's just everybody. It seems like the people that uh, are making the decision to stop are either seeing what's happening to other people who aren't making the right decision and then, you know, not wanting that for them, but but like in the case of Drew and Bill, it's both just sort of like they put it out there, like you know, pretty brazenly, like, "Hey, here's why I think I should be able to keep going," and then everyone went, "No," <laughs> and they both backed down. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, it's nice to see that works. I I hate that some people like we're like, "Oh, everybody's bullying." drew barrymore but they're not bothering jennifer hudson about this and it's like well jennifer hudson didn't make a video of herself crying saying the show had to happen there's nothing she could do about it yeah and uh you know and jennifer hudson also now has backed off and is not not going in or you know they say they're not going to uh debut that they're postponing their debuts but i think they're all going to go ahead and keep making episodes which i think is already uh also a little scabby even though they won't air them yeah. there 
I mean, you know, anything we're doing to impact content and make it harder for the companies. I'm, I'm really impressed that these people are cooperating and supporting like any degree of solidarity is surprising to me. I just think people are so bad at cooperating. <laughs> yeah, but in this case, you know, it's been uh, it's been looking pretty good as far as uh, actor and writer uh, solidarity. There's only an occasional screwball like that guy that makes Yellowstone who came out and was like, there should only be one writer on a show if I, if I only want one writer. And that's uh, me. Um, <laughs> I, 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 tr I truly love the place of old fogies um, in television production. I mean, there need to be those shows um it's uh it you know it's ridiculous how popular they are um but exciting for moms and dads who need to watch five different westerns that are each just named a year <laughs> <laughs> those shows also they're kind of like somewhat historical drama so i feel like the dude just kind of just takes stories from history and you know and acts like he's you know coming up with it all by himself yeah you know it's like he doesn't need a room to break stories because he's just taking stories that exist and you know sticking them into his show well it's also like first of all like i think dramas are easy oh you put a conflict in front of someone that's so hard maybe dramas you can't have one person write them also my best friend is a drama writer and i know that that's not true but for comedies you need jokes and like in trying to pare down the size of rooms and paring down the the number of episodes in an order, we have gotten to a point where we can't fucking make a comedy anymore. And it really pisses me off that these people who are trying to like pass along earnings reports to shareholders are destroying one of America's best industries. Like the, the uh, entertainment makes so much money for America. It inspires so many people to want to come here. It produces so much less pollution than any than like computers or cars or anything else. And like, they're trying to like, you know, they're trying to cut open the golden goose and it pisses me off. I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. Doug, your thoughts. I just love the uh, passion behind <laughs> that speech. <laughs> it was perfect. I knew you didn't have anything ready. Like, what would you say? What would Doug, you say after that? I'm not going to add anything to that. Doug M, what what is your comfort food? What is your comfort food television? What is your comfort food movie? Uh, comfort, I, I would well, we joke about it a lot. I watch the film Roadhouse quite a bit. Oh, uh, that man's a <laughs> that man's a goddamn talent. That man is a supple, live goddamn talent. I mean, I understand you're a man. You need to watch Roadhouse, but just. No one else could do what he did in Dirty Dancing. No one else could do that. Right. No, he's got uh, he's got a few of those. Like he was a real movie star in the sense that, like you know, like when they remade Point Break, like what? There's gonna be a guy playing the Patrick Swayze role. Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it, it is that magnificent skill. Like his superpower was that he had an extremely gay skill set, but always seemed super straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely i just saw uh to wong fu again recently and uh you know the, his level of commitment in that movie is pretty pretty impressive 
you i wanted to remember that movie as bad in sort of a priscilla is good that movie is bad kind of way and then i rewatched it for a podcast about movies that are the same like matt kershon and i forget who else have a podcast that's like for basically for deep impact and and asteroid or whatever they want deep deep impact and armageddon armageddon yeah Armageddon. um but i rewatched uh to Wang Fu and I'm like no this movie's wonderful that movie's so good it really is it's you know it's a it's a little corny but those three guys Wesley Snipes and Leguizamo and uh and Swayze they just commit so hard to it like they were just you know and I don't know how much they uh you know empathize with the roles or whatever but they were just like actors who were just like well I'm just gonna really go for this Okay, and uh, th- that's what I think the really interesting question is when it comes to casting gay, straight people or gay people as gay. Like for such a like, of course, we as a community have to be like, why can't you cast gay people? Because they're always casting straight people as gay. But the thing is, is like there's just a minimal amount of trying, <laughs> and a minimal amount of thinking <laughs> that can make for really good performances that we truly have not asked out of people. When you look at the, sh- when you look at these performances, like, you know, Woody Harrelson in, in uh, friends with benefits or like, you know, that's just one of them. That's a terrible example, but like, there are so many of them that are like, did you think, did you, did you even just think about it? Or the, you know, the, the classic problem of like, Okay, well, first of all, straight women who play lesbians do nothing but touch each other's hair. They just love touching (laughs) each other's hair. And that's not what lesbians do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they really change it up and do other stuff. <laughs> yes, because they're attracted to women, and I just, uh, I it's just like want it's to... written, like a man would write that, like because that's what he likes about a nice lady is their hair, <laughs> their hair. <laughs> but like, um, uh, with my friend Emily, who's been watching all of the um, all of the farces, we watched Victor Victoria at her place the other night, and like, it's fucking Robert Preston. It's the fucking music man playing a gay guy, and he fucking milks it and sells it and has so much fun. Yeah, that's the thing is that, you know, there has been throughout history, like Jack Lemmon and some like it hot and, uh, you know, a few others, Dustin Hoffman, even though Tootsie's so full of, uh, you know, uh, non-consensual things happening. uh, It's still, (laughs) you know, he still very much commits to the role in a way that's, uh, you know, endearing. And, uh, you know, so that's that's happened a lot over the years, but it's still like, okay, we've so we've done that so let's let's go ahead and let people represent themselves more even though even though some actors you know come forward and they grumble you know like you know i should be able to play anything i'm an actor and it's like well okay and go buy yourself a small little theater pretend you're a bug in (laughs) in a kafka play or something and you know and leave us alone you know like it doesn't have to be in a major motion picture well you know i i truly (laughs) love that anyone can play anything but um the the question of like why for all of time has the best person for the job always been a straight white guy is very <laughs> frustrating and it's interesting now to watch like just how simply like one success like crazy rich asians opened up the world to shit like joyride and so much other stuff or like 
you know, to to me, after the birdcage, there was a brief window when the studios were like, could we make money off of gay people? And they made like four very good movies that lost money. And then, you know, everything was darkness for 15 years. But that still meant a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, you probably wore out those VHS tapes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's another birdcage. Is another example. It's such a it's such a solid movie. I mean, it's based on a solid movie because La Cage is really good too. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was going to. It was the same movie beat for beat. Like Elaine may put in some Bob Dole jokes, but like the bones <laughs> were there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely definitely theft of some bones there. Somebody was in a graveyard in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> some, getting a hefty helping of bones but you know just those but just uh they just cast like these incredible actors that were all beloved at the time uh you know so it's just a really really enjoyable movie um okay so you know i love movies that's what that other podcast is about but here yes. here we're here to talk about uh names and we don't mind uh any kind of uh sidebars or uh you know derailments of any kind just whatever you want to talk about works for us but let me ask you some warm-up questions sure. before we get to your name i saw you know you were wearing uh some uh shorts when i saw you the other day and i don't think uh there are any tattoos in the mix do you have any tattoos i do not have any tattoos zero tattoos I, zero tattoos. I was in Palm Springs with gay guys for Labor Day weekend, and my friend Kevin noted, like, here are six gay guys sitting around a table, and there are no tattoos. Uh, like, what a what a group of teachers' pets we are, and uh, it it really is true. Um, yeah, I just, uh, um, you know, you're, as a Jew, you're not supposed to, but more than that, I was also just. Uh, I don't want to make a decision and have it be a mistake um, and have that on my body for the rest of my life. But do you know, do you know, Leslie Arfin, Paul uh, Russ's wife? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. The creator of love on Netflix. I yeah. was working, I worked on a show with her like 10 years ago and she's covered in tattoos. And I was like, how do you not hate them? And she was like, Oh, hating them is the best part. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she essentially made the argument that like, it forces you to like, acknowledge and be in contact with your former selves. And I was like, what a brilliant idea. Yeah. Wow. But still um, none for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm no tattoos. Doug's got plenty. And um, I've got know, so many that I hate. We just like to ask because um, it's just sort of, uh, you know, not always a fun thing to talk about, but even it's even fun when somebody doesn't have tattoos because there's always... <laughs> You know, there's always reasons, you know, yes, yes. and um, uh, but what about here's another thing that, that that's in the realm of like naming things and, and things that kind of have permanence. And that is, uh, have you named any pets in your lifetime? Oh, um, I named a couple of our dogs, but more significantly, an even better pet. Um, my sister let me give her daughter her pick out her middle name um, and it was that's one, really nice yeah it was well my sister then commenced to abandon the child as an infant and leave it for my parents to raise and so 
uh, I think, you know, realizing that I was going to be more invested in uh, taking care of the kid if I had like, you know, uh, as a stakeholder investment, um, it was probably a, a good move. Um, yeah, you, you know, you're partially involved in naming the baby. Yeah. So yeah, you're, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you're attached, you're imprinted. Uh um, and I, her, her Hebrew, her middle name is Nurit, which is Hebrew for buttercup. Um, wow. Yeah. And uh, also just, you know, there's nothing like a nice middle name to clearly mark you uh, by your ethnicity, you know, so that anyone looking at full paperwork can be like, yup, put that one in the train for the camp. Um, all right. So what would, so these, uh, you named dogs, is that what you said? You named two dogs? Yeah. I mean, again, sort of boring, <laughs> uh, like, uh, there was a Zev, which is Hebrew for wolf for a German shepherd, not like crazy. Um, <laughs> And not then, boring though. Oh, and I uh when I was in third grade, um I we got a German shepherd and I wanted to name it after my third grade teacher. I wanted to name it Carol. <laughs> and my, yes! parents, yes! my, par my parents would not let me name it Carol. Aww. So and her, her her last name was Sanger. So we had a wonderful German Shepherd, possibly the most vicious German Shepherd we've ever had, named Sanger. But I, as a little eight-year-old, was just like, I want to name her Carol. That it's is even better than it's a You're... German Shepherd. Yeah, yes. you had really good instincts. That would be every time somebody saw somebody yelling for Carol and that dog shows up. <laughs> that'd be so funny. That's such a perfect name for a German Shepherd. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, what about uh things that you've owned like cars or you know uh probably didn't haven't owned any boats but you know, <laughs> like things that you things that one would name like if you have you been that kind of person do you or or like uh you know we've had women on the show that are like you mean like my breasts <laughs> <laughs> and i um, guess there's dudes that do name their junk and stuff yeah, I'm not one of those guys. I've never I didn't had, figure you would be, guy. Yeah, I've never had like a name for a car or anything like that. You never drove around a car that was like that you'd nickname the uh, sex mobile? <laughs> no. I mean, they have given names, you know, the, the Bronco. The, yeah. like, I, am I going to give a white Ford F-150 a name that says more about it than white Ford F-150? Um, <laughs> yeah, and like truly never names my body parts. They're just so evident on their own. Yeah, it seems like a, 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 a silly thing to do. I mean, all that stuff is like I've never been uh... – yeah, I've never been a person to, you know, name my car or whatever, unless I had a, you know, really specific joke. Like when I drove a Nissan, I would tell people its first name was Liam, but that was just, you know, that was just joking around. That's just, that is a quality joke. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really think my car was named Liam. So um, thank you for, you know, your your honest, straightforward answers to all of our warm-up questions. And uh, now we'll move on to the, the main part of the interview. We'll do that right after this break. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. We are back with Guy Branham, and we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about your name uh, part by part, starting with your first name. Tell us about growing up Guy. It's horrible. You constantly, <laughs> you constantly think people are talking about you or the number of times that I would speak to someone for the first time and they would say, hey, guy. And I thought that they knew me and they were like, oh, no, that is just how I greet people. Um, and it sounds like a lot of other words and like sky and stuff like that. And so you're there's a lot of like thinking that people oh, are God. talking about you. Um, I yeah you, you know your starbucks the, experience must be awful the standard you know it's not that bad it's not that bad <laughs> um the the standard oh well okay i'm sorry well two things that uh just the standard sort of like oh, there was nothing ever never anything with my name on it at disneyland that one's a given yeah. but also i i cannot recommend enough doug's being a clearly obviously homosexual third grader and having the name guy like um it's it's you know it's it's not that much math for dumb children to do so i was from third grade through eighth grade just called gay guy uh, uh. and uh you know it like to this day it leads to situations where people will call me gay um you know nice well-meaning people who don't like it is just a slip of the tongue but it's also like the most freudian slip of the tongue <laughs> and like it doesn't bother me because yes that's obviously one of the first things that you uh that you it's one of the basic things you know about me which is fine um but uh yeah it wasn't great um but it was short that was my mother's uh like uh, in deciding on names for my sister and I, she wanted our names to be short so that we wouldn't have anything long to write when we were in first grade. And so it was always short, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's right to the point. It's definitely some also fun, challenging letters for a child uh, to write and uh, especially like in cursive and whatnot. Um, yes. But so There's like, also have a you long ever... game to think about. So, like, I get the shortness of it, but there's so many short names that, like, don't have, like, what, I'm trying to get at what did, did, was there any discussion ever of, did you think ahead of how this name would be, uh, I would get abused by having this name? Um, my parents did not think about that, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, once people started yelling gay at me, um, they were more like, it's not our fault. You should stop acting gay. If you would stop <laughs> acting gay, oh, all of this will go away, um, which is truly a, a great way of, of shaking down uh, an eight-year-old. 
Right. And but do you feel like is there is there a silver lining to it that like it made it easier for you to be gay? Not really. Uh, in a uh, sense or no? No, I mean, it really did sort of like uh, it, it helped underline what the issue was. That's a really great like thought experiment. Would the kids have so easily labeled me as gay if my name weren't that? But it, it made it very clear to me from a young age. Oh, my parents will not be cool if this is the case. Um, and so, you know, I tried to run for it from it for a time. Um, but it was always nice having a name that nobody else had. Um, and like, I liked that. It is always weird when I deal with guys now. Um, and one time I did go on a date with another guy named guy. And I was like, this is hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there are some, uh, you know, for lack of a better expression, cool guys out there. Um, yeah. There's something I think about being named guy is like, like kind of an invitation to flamboyance, whether you're gay or not. It's still like, especially in the sixties and seventies, I, I think of the name guy, I immediately see somebody like wearing an ascot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, there's a guy who directed a bunch of have, uh, James Bond movies named guy Hamilton. Yeah. And, um, there was also the uh, the famous band leader that you always hear about every New Year's named Guy Lombardo. Yeah, I mean, it, it does have some flamboyance to it. And there is that, like, I was, like, ridiculously old, especially for somebody who, like, thinks and reads as much as I do, to realize that my name was just short for Guillaume. Um, but, I mean, that does sort of tie you to, I mean, if you want guys, you have to go to Canada or Britain or or France, you know? Um, and then one of the reasons, so Guy was my, my paternal grandfather's name. So it was my dad's dad. But one of the reasons my mom liked it was because it was also like a Hebrew name. It means ravine. So there are also lots of, you know, sexy guys, um, in Israel with, you know, loaded weapons. <laughs> uh, another guy that I thought of was, uh, the uh, news reporter Muppet. Oh, Guy Smiley. His name is Guy Smiley. Whoa, oh yeah. <laughs> As a child, the references I got the most were Guy Lombardo and Guy Smiley. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I don't think anybody was bringing up the director of uh, James Bond. I was trying to think of um, if there's any other uh, guys I remember, but uh, uh, yeah, it does have a, it, it, it's got a lot of uh, personality that name like it's immediately gets your attention um but what about so for you though it's you're not technically are you technically Gu guillaume no i'm just guy it, it was yeah because you wanted to keep it short but it could yeah. that could be uh that is i didn't even think i was going to ask if there is a long version of guy and that i guess that makes sense guillaume yeah, and again, that's probably more French than anything, right? Yes. Um, and like one of my one of my like my opening joke for like the first seven years I was doing stand up was just a joke about how there's no nickname for guy. Um, and, you know, it is one of those things where like there's there's nothing you can do to make it more intimate or more formal. It's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, you can't uh, dress it up or down. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just, Hey guy, what's up guy. I, I, 
I love it because it just, it, it, you know, in some ways it makes it easier because so many people resort to Guy just when they're talking to somebody whose name they don't know or can't remember. Yeah. So people might accidentally call you Guy just because they can't remember if your name's Guy or not. No, like, or it's very... Dude. <laughs> um like um oh yeah um that that was part of the joke was um like basically that my parents could not have exerted less effort in naming me unless they called me hey dude or that one baby over there (laughs) (laughs) ah 20 year old material um and one on the end but yeah Uh, like there like there's something nice about having something uh a little bit distinctive and i've i used to hate my name a lot and now i uh enjoy it so you never had a um uh you know any kind of inkling uh, inclination to change it for show business um not at all because like for show business it's just good that it's different and distinctive um but like there was that period of time in like seventh grade when girls were trying on like changing their names and stuff and i just it didn't cross my mind that i was allowed to change anything about myself right (laughs) yeah that's why we ask about tattoos because uh you know uh they're permanent but you you know you can actually change them and that's that's true of our names as well you know that you you can change it if you want to like what what kind of middle name did you uh, did you get saddled with a middle name, or do you like your middle name? Okay, well, that's the interesting thing is that um, so my grandpa was named Guy Bentley, but everybody just called him Bentley, and they intended to name me Guy Michael and just have everyone call me Michael. Um, and so for the first five years of my life, I didn't know that my name was Guy. Everyone just called him <laughs> Mikey, um, and then <laughs> I. Oh, I got to kindergarten. It's like a it's like a southern thing. It's weird. But I got to <laughs> kindergarten and um uh there were like five Michaels in the class and the teacher was just like no, he can't be Michael. And so my mom had to like explain to me that my name was Guy and that I was going to be doing that from then on. Um and it was very awkward. My mom wanted my middle name to be Micah so that she could keep going biblical, even though Michael is biblical as well. Um, but my dad was like, no, he can only have one weird name. His other name has to be regular. <laughs> so they, so that's what they ended up. So it's, so it's officially guy, Michael Branham. Yup. GMB. GMB. Yeah. You know me. Um, <laughs> Doug's what are your middle names? Kyle. Oh, that's it's so funny. I would not. That's how we've been doing this show together. We talk about people's names every time, and I would not have been able to come up with Doug's middle name. What's uh, what's mine, Doug? I'm forgetting, but I know I know it. <laughs> Damn it! That's how that's how little we care about middle names. Like even when somebody <laughs> yeah, tells you true. what their middle name is, you you don't remember it unless they put it like the initial or their name in, in like their social handles or something. You know that's why I remember Sarah Silverman's middle name is Kate because she her social say Sarah Kate Silverman on them. Yeah, but um, but uh, Kyle, I, yeah. See, I would not have uh, come up with that. And mine is yeah. uh, mine's mine's Stephen. Oh, I almost uh, said that. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you were so close. I, are, both of, are both of you guys Douglases? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a, we've discussed that about how, you know, much more distinguished a name that is like, as soon as you take the last three letters off, then it's just Doug, you know, it's like, uh, and if, if you wanted to be called Douglas, you'd probably be called Doug more than, more than you'd care uh, to be because it's hard to get people not to make that habit or get into that. Like with guy, that's the other thing that's like you said, it's just fun that there's no, they can't add a Y to it, you know, cause like with Doug, people like to say Dougie and uh, uh, you know, they just add a Y to whatever, whoever, whatever, but guy, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> um, my first boyfriend called me guy B and um i thought that that was really innovative but you guys i think this is the perfect opportunity for me to say my doug related insight are you ready for it oh, oh okay i wrote down that i was gonna ask you about it but I, i'm ready whenever you are this is so dumb i've been paying way too much attention recently to canadian politics and the thing about canadian politics is that conservatives almost never win and i realized that that's because they can never just have a rob like when they're like canadian conservatives their leader is always named like stockwell or preston and like nobody's gonna vote for preston to make the country great again you know nobody's ever gonna be like oh you want to know who's down to earth stockwell and then i realized the closest thing they have is this guy named doug ford who's just like a big fat guy who clearly loves beer and they have let run ontario for the last i don't know decade and his brother was named rob and uh smoked crack and was the mayor of toronto but like those guys that's what you need out of a canadian conservative a doug <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I always felt that I was the shade was being thrown when the two dumb beer drinking guys on uh, SCTV were called Bob and Doug McKenzie. Uh, you know. Oh and, wow! <laughs> I didn't realize that, that it's Bob and Doug McKenzie, and then it's Bob and Doug Ford. Yeah. Or it's, no, it's Rob and Doug Ford. But the yeah, point but is, still, Rob and Bob. Yeah, like you know, is this one of the great truths of Canada? I guess so. <laughs> It might be. I don't know if we've uh, uncovered it or if anybody else ha has noticed. But, uh, yeah, those Fords, uh, they, they've uh, taken the country on a wild ride. It's pretty crazy. And then that actor, what's the name of the guy that's on um, Homeland with Claire Danes, the redheaded guy? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't asking. Homeland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He won an Emmy for it. You know, he's that red-haired, handsome actor. He's also on Billions. Oh, Damien Lewis. I had to Google yes. it. Yes. yes, Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis uh, played, uh, I, I think, Rob Ford in a movie and did it like, you know, full on uh, fat suit. Oh wow! I don't. I, I don't love that. I don't. It's awful. Like it's just. It, like for fat people, it's like you're too fat to play the role. You're too fat to play the role. Oh, we need a fat person. Well, we don't know if you can do it because you you haven't done enough roles. And it, you know, um, it yeah, does. And we need kind of we need everybody to get we need everybody to get to the set five hours early to get somebody ready. The, we can just hire somebody 
just all they gotta do is go to craft services for a minute the thing that pisses me off and it's like one of those rare exciting moments that like i have a similar experience as a gay person and a fat person the same way that like when straight people play gay the guys love to be like and then i had to kiss him or like uh in uh the golden globe speech that um what's his name did for dallas buyers club he was like and they had to shave all of my body just talking about how insulting it is and i like truly if you're gonna put people in fat suits for movies, at least don't make us watch the little promotional video that's like, oh, it took five hours. I almost sweat through the thing the whole time. It's like, calm down. Like, yeah, I, no, he's just sitting there napping, uh, dreaming about getting an Oscar. Yes. Um, I, I like the thing is, is like I was mad at the whale, but the whale's bad. I'm more mad at Dune because the Baron Harkonnen is like one of the best characters. <laughs> and like, I'm glad that a Skarsgård is getting to do it, but uh, you know, wouldn't it be great if some fat people got the chance to be Skarsgårds? <laughs> well, that guy, you saw the first Dune, the David Lynch one, right? Of course. That movie yeah. is so fucking good. Oh, and when I watched, I, I, we talked a month ago about me having recently watched Amadeus, but in one of the scenes that Milos Forman put back, the Baron Harkonnen is in it, um, in Amadeus, which was so exciting. But like, whoever that guy is in, like David Lynch's Dune is so good. And it makes me kind of think that there maybe needs to be an element of camp in all good sci-fi. And I don't know if that's true or not. Gentlemen, fact check me. <laughs> Well, you know, that movie, just the just the shot, the, the, the shot that introduces Sting is just so like when he's in that weird diaper and uh, he's all glistening and uh, looks like, uh, you know, Rocky Horror, um, like, uh, you know, these days Sting would put on all the crazy makeup, you know, and uh, some like it's just like they put him in exactly the role he should be in. And the guy yes. who played the other guy, uh, I think it was Kenneth McMillan. With all those weird like sores and stuff on his face. Uh, <laughs> it was it was so good. And also Sting entering like in metal underwear through uh, like a steam bath. Um, that's it. That's it. it. That's it what was, I'm talking about. It was like too, too much for me as a nine-year-old. <laughs> You're like just saying to yourself, calm down, guy. <laughs> you got this guy <laughs> i mean mikey <laughs> like a split personality i mean do you ever bring does mikey ever come out like do you ever have mikey flashbacks no truly no um it, it like it is like a recipe for a very different person but also a person that i'm gladly not like i think i have very much become a guy though um most of them are dead now, but there was a period of time when like older female relatives would show up and they would be like, Michael? and I would be like, wait, oh yes, this woman is referring to me. Um, <laughs> and it was a lot. Um, let's go to the last name. Branham. Branham. Branham, B-R-A-N-U-M. Uh, that's not common, is it? No, it's not. Uh, it was a spelling error in the South in the like seven or in like the 18th or 19th century. I think it was Branham, um, B-R-A-N-H-A-M. Um, and then generations of illiterate people said it to other people and eventually it got <laughs> oh, written down as Branham. So I'm pretty sure that 
there are only Branhams in America. Is that a common thing? What? Is there a lot of last names getting butchered by illiterate Southern people? (laughs) Or just people in general that like just kind of, you know, want to mix it up for whatever reason. I've always entertained by the uh, Frederick Douglass story where, um, you know, he picked, he just, that's just a made up name, the last name Douglas. And uh, he put a second S on it because he just thought it looked classier. And I, wow. I can't, I can't argue with it. Cause uh, it looks classy. It just without, yeah. <laughs> Cause the G, if the G were a C, that would end with class. It's true. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's all sorts of people like, you know, families t- tweaking names for whatever reason uh usually shortening it seems to be the main goal of uh of these names that get uh uh twisted around but yeah my um, like my my grandmother's name was one of those like nice jewish names that got uh hacked and pulled apart and made wider a couple of different times <laughs> over the course of history um what about uh like so it's not you don't think it's connected at all to the name barnum Oh, I don't know. Like, well, I, 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 like, in attempting to trace genealogy, have come to the point where the spelling was changed. So, like, it seems to be related to Branham, but people do sometimes say say Guy Barnum or or something like that. I don't know. I like never had any curiosity about. Like, I should have thought about that before. Figure out where the name Barnum comes from. Well, you know, and that dude, P.T. Barnum, uh, you know, they made that uh, movie. Hugh Jackman made that Greatest Showman movie, but, uh, you know, made him into like a hero. But I guess he was uh, kind of terrible. And uh, so you're, you're probably better off not being associated with him. <laughs> That's what movies are for. What are what are everyone's favorite biopics? <laughs> um I, I'll tell you one that I love, love, love. I can just watch it like on a loop, and that's uh, I Tanya. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's so good. I like the skating. I like the outfits. I like the you know. I don't like the domestic abuse so much, but as domestic abuse goes, the the, the camera works flying around, and the music's cool. So it like almost Paul Walter Hauser's so funny in it. I- He's so funny in it. I love that movie. I love that movie so much, but now I can only think of it as the reason Lori Metcalf doesn't have an Oscar. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, you know, Lori, I, I think she'll be back. I hope uh, so. You know, I like to think that she'll be back. I, she's so good. I've gotten uh, to see her like in plays over the years, like maybe four or five different shows, including... Um, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf and or no, she was gonna do Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf and COVID killed it. But that's in my head I imagined I saw her in it because she'd be so good. I mean um, like, it is just so awesome that like Aunt Jackie, who we all learned about as Aunt Jackie, <laughs> at the end of the day is like a Steppenwolf actress from Chicago and can fucking kill it in anything. Um Doug M, what is your favorite biopic? Uh I mean, the freshest thing, Oppenheimer, Moneyball, Moneyball would count, right? Yeah. Moneyball. God, it's so good. Yeah, Moneyball is one of my favorite. I'm not a sports movie person, but for some reason, I really love Moneyball. 
there's just something about watching procedure and competence that is so satisfying. Like for me, that sort of slow, methodical, we're going to do this and we're going to do this correctly is like very much a movie I enjoy. Yeah, and it's satisfying along the way because he's got all these direct detractors and each one has to kind of eat shit at some point and realize that, you know, his ideas weren't so bad. Well, and also, <laughs> yeah. like, there's like there's so much heart underneath it with the idea of these people were undervalued. These people were undervalued. Right. Um, that really does feel, like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, just the most intimidating fucking dude in that movie. Uh, like, and he's, God, he was a beast. <laughs> there's, there's nothing fucking better than when Philip Seymour Hoffman consents to show up for like five or fewer scenes. Like when he just kind of come in and blow you up. I just watched Magnolia. I don't know. I, I believe as I end my Sarah Pauly time, I seem to be segueing into a Paul Thomas Anderson time. But just like <laughs> after all of the movies where he had to be um like anger and fear and negativity that he is just sort of like the essence of of warmth and you know is like literally a nursemaid uh it's so beautiful to watch that performance yeah paul thomas anderson says that that he wrote that role for him and that's he wrote like as close as he could write to his genuine personality oh uh, that's lovely because he hadn't seen that on screen because he always plays such raging assholes usually yeah uh or at least you know people have a reason to have a, a stick up there but i also love him in along came polly because he gets to really cut loose and be silly in that movie you know i've never seen along came polly which is oh. strange because i love romantic comedies it's so funny because Ben Stiller cast, you know, they put Philip Seymour Hoffman in there and he's just like the Jack Black character and yeah. he completely commits to it. Oh, I also really like when he's, um, you know, his scene in, uh, in Mission Impossible 3 when it's actually Tom Cruise, but Philip Seymour Hoffman has to still do the acting because of the yeah. oh, yeah. mask reveal. He's so good at like still giving a conveying that Tom Cruise is in there. Uh, under the mask, he manages to do that. <laughs> uh, delicious. Uh, yes. Rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, all right. So uh, we've done a terrific job today. There's just a couple of things left to to, to take care of. And one of them is uh, every episode we name, uh, we name it some sort of, uh, you know, pun or reference where we can stick the name Doug uh, into Ooh. the title, but nothing's come to me today. Have you thought of anything, Doug Miller? No. That's crazy. Yeah. It's usually something. Yeah, easy along the way. Oh, um, I, can I pitch something? Yes. The guy named Guy. <laughs> <laughs> a guy a guy named Guy with no, Guy no, Branham? No, the guy. The guy. D-O-U-G-U-Y. <laughs> the guy. O-U-G-Y. G-U-Y. Yes. G-U-Y, yeah. The guy named Guy? Yes. Okay. And it's just a pitch. <laughs> the guy named Guy. Uh, I see. So it's like D, we can even go D apostrophe G U Y named Guy. I feel like that doesn't center the word Doug enough. It doesn't I, seem Doug enough to you. I want the, uh, the O and the U there. Do you do a um, scary name for on your socials for the month of October? 
Um, I like did ghoul once, but it, uh, who has the energy? It's like it's not a <laughs> it's not a funny pun when your name is just like one syllable. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could go with like fly Branham or something. All right, <laughs> the, would, the fly Branham. <laughs> I would like to, I would like to pitch a. Uh, I would like to pitch another episode title. Are you ready for okay. it? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. The last of the guy Heakins. Oh my God. <laughs> Doug last of the Mohicans. No, of the guy Heakins. Oh, sorry. I don't, know what, a, I don't know what happened there. It's a bad pun. It's a very, it's barely a pun. Yeah. No, it's really, that's really something. <laughs> Doug last of the guy Heakins. I'm in. Forget about that other one. Um, I'll phone it in after the show. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Guy Branham, we do, I should say I do a, um, oh, when we were talking about the scary names, I wanted to tell you one that I thought was really clever, is that uh, Deanne Smith was on the show last episode, uh -huh. and she just uh, puts parentheses around uh uh n n e s m i uh to to highlight that you know the first three letters and the last three letters of her name spell death oh yeah that is fun yeah i thought that was a fun one uh okay so uh i do an anagram of people's names uh our guests names and uh you know it's usually uh pretty silly and uh this one's no exception uh, with the letters in Guy Branham, I, you know, was able to switch them around and I came up with Ray Gun Bun. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Bun, excuse me. Ray Gun Bum. <laughs> I said bun, but I meant bum. Ray That's Gun great. Bum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've always, you know, I've always thought that mine has the power to destroy. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will kill you with my ass. Um, well, like I said, this has been uh, terrific. Thank you for being here. What would you like to? Uh, I know you said on Douglas movies the other day that you you know you don't have any new things to promote because of all this strike nonsense. But yes. uh, people should find a show called Platonic on one of the streamers, and yes. I, I say enjoy the hell out of it. It's I. I really enjoy that show. Uh, speaking of stakes, isn't it like the first series in a long time where you felt like, sure, they have arguments and there's problems, but the stakes are never really what the show is about. Yes. I mean, I like there needs to be more shows like that. Not everything can require me to listen so hard and watch people in darkness and follow plot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get some characters that are interesting and have them say funny shit. Yeah. You know, why not? Um, okay, so what else? Is there anything else we oh. should talk about? I mean, Nick, you can also find bros uh, wherever that's uh, currently living. And I have a book. My book is called My Life is a Goddess. Um, and in it, I uh, I talk about pop culture and movies a lot. I love it. And, uh, you know, welcome back on uh, Doug Loves Movies uh, anytime. And uh, I mean, Doug we Mellard... Need we need to give the people of America like a breather. I did a lot of your show. We also <laughs> need to spend some time not around each other for a while, Doug. Frankly, yeah. I think we were both Let's getting on out. each other's nerves a lot. 
let's go and see some see some other movies and come back and yes. trade notes um especially i do i'm very excited i i do like that uh, you um seem to really um focus on knowing what's going on with all the uh oscar nominated movies and i'm i'm super into that yes it's my uh, um doug mallard what do you got to plug buddy I'll be at the Vermont Comedy Club October 5th through the 7th, opening up for Dan Cummins. And then, as you mentioned earlier, I'll see you here in Austin, Texas at Cap City Comedy Club October 24th. What about you? I love love it. Well, you know, all of my dates are at uh, DougLovesMovies.com, and uh, I've got some fun stuff coming up in uh, a few places like Cleveland and uh the aforementioned austin show san diego tacoma all those are coming up in the next few weeks and um thanks again guy branham thanks so much for having me this is super fun as always <laughs> doug last of the guy he <laughs> got it